ladies and gentlemen, Anthony Bellino. Uh, very nice to have you on the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate I, it. Great I, setting, huh? Poco Loco. I'm just waiting for the yuca frita to like magically appear from like the ceiling or something. That would be perfect. That would be perfect. Unfortunately, no food on Sundays. No food on Sundays are closed, but come Monday through Saturday and get your food. Get food, alcohol, outside, inside, whatever you want. Great food, great drinks, great environment to come and do all those things. Uh, especially for people who are looking to get out of the house right now. A lot of people have just been stuck inside for a long time. And yeah. They just want to get out, man. And you know what? I've been out a, a little bit over the last couple of weeks since mm -hmm. Ohio's began to kind of open up. Mm -hmm. I still think people are somewhat concerned, somewhat nervous. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, for me, it was just like the first chance I get, I'm, I'm running off the starting <laughs> blocks. Like, let's I, go. I, I think a lot of people were like that. Yeah. You just get so built up on I need to get out of here. Mm -hmm. At the same time, like you said, I think a lot of people are being safe. I think that's why, you know, most states are on the rise of COVID cases since they started being lenient. And Ohio is still on the decline. As of this moment, as of this podcast right now, Ohio is still on the decline because people are still going out, but they're actually being safe and, and paying attention more than other states, I'll say. I'm not saying we're perfect. I'm saying we're doing a great job at it, and I, I love that. I feel like Ohio led the way in closing everything down, and now Ohio's leading the way in opening everything back up. Yeah, giving us like uh, parameters and guidelines on how to do it, how to do it safely. For me, the, the entire situation has been kind of like this is our opportunity to learn. You know, what did we do right? What did we do wrong? Because you know for people that are my age, Whatever we see next, because it is such a global economy, we are mm. global citizens. You know, it's the yep. world that it, it's the world that trade created. So we're looking at this now, like okay, COVID nineteen is here to stay. We yep. are we already have a coronavirus. This is just you know the one that happened in twenty nineteen. Exactly. So for us, what can we learn from what we did right and what we did wrong for the next wave that might be stronger? You know, if this is something like the Black Death. Or the Spanish flu, where yeah, the mortality rate is like 5, 10, 15%. Like, you catch it, yeah. you got a legit yeah. shot at yeah. going down. You know, maybe we overacted a little bit. Maybe maybe we didn't. But whatever we did for whatever comes next, we can look back at this as our proving ground. Like, this yeah. is a good learning experience. Yeah. And I'd, I'd rather be on the side of cautioning to error. So, it, let's say we did it preemptively and we did it too rough. I'd much rather be on that side and face the recovery than to face the death toll. Mm -hmm. And there's no turning back from that. You can't fix a death toll. No. So, I, I think our numbers have been great here in Ohio. Um, the United States as a whole is not doing too great, to be completely honest. Like, we're, 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 we, we, we got some work to do on that. Uh, and I think this is... I don't want to say good. It's hard to say that. But I think this has been an awakening for us where we need to be prepared in certain facilities, especially in medical facilities. We realize that we are very underprepared for a situation like this where other countries have taken a completely other approach to this. And I don't know if their numbers are, are valid or real because obviously they can say right. whatever they want. Um, but China, where it came out of it, appears to be under control and the way they're handling it and the things that they've set up to keep people safe has, has been amazing it's have been you looked great. at or seen any of the carbon uh, monoxide or carbon dioxide i should say carbon dioxide like the the, the readings it's almost like planet earth has had enough and it yeah. just needed a break just give me give me a couple weeks yeah where you people aren't just burning everything in sight let me breathe a little bit yeah and and, and it's kind of helped out in that it, regard it, it has worked and i don't think there's anything else because we've uh 
and I say we have have talked about this a lot as far as there's too much pollution on this earth, mm-hmm. how much humans are emitting that pollution, what's going on, and what we can do to kind of calm that down. And there, there's a lot of things that people try to do, but politically they never get through. This virus had nothing politically about it. It was like, we're, this is what's happening. Yep. How are you going to react to it? Everybody reacted the way they did. This was like a, a, a natural way for the earth to say, I've had enough. I need a break. Like everybody calm down. Also on that note, I think it's been great for people. I know people are going crazy at home and there's a lot of stuff going on. But when's the last time that you've been able to spend so much time with your family or spend so much time, let's say in your own thoughts, if you're, if you're, if you're in that situation to actually evaluate values in life, as opposed to, I have to go to work, I have to go to school, I have to do this. This thing put a stop to everything and left you alone with your thoughts. Mm -hmm. What, what do you think? Well, what are you, what are you supposed to do? And everybody has a different view on how to approach that situation. You know, I think that for you know, the minute they said you can't go outside, at least in my neighborhood, so I live on, in, in West Toledo, mm-hmm. I saw a lot more people out and about, you know, whether it was couples or, you know, kids riding bikes. Mm-hmm. I just saw more people outside because eventually you're going to get bored of what's inside. And so often we talk about kids constantly being on Fortnite or playing video games or whatever the case may be. And now, you know, at least where I live, I saw more activity outside because they said, hey, Stay in your house. You know, you can go for a walk, but, you know, stay in your house. And people are like, okay, well, I'm going to go for a bike ride. I'm going to enjoy some time. For business people that are constantly, you know, I always think of like the the, the New York City, Mm -hmm. like hustle and bustle stockbroker, right? That's always what I think about. A guy in a suit who had children who doesn't know his children. Yeah. And forcing him to work from home. How has that helped him? How has it helped his marriage? How has maybe this coronavirus impacted individuals on a level to where they look at things maybe a little bit differently than they used to where work is priority number one. And it's yep. difficult when, you know, everybody has bills to pay. Yeah. So yeah. What are you, what are you doing for your career? What are you doing yep. to make your living? How are you going to support the lifestyle that you want? And then being able to kind of balance that with, well, okay. If I, if I did lose my job or if something didn't go my way, what's really important what's really important important? that's the greatest way to word that absolutely and i think it's uh, again it's a horrible situation that we're all in we're all i mean and when i say all i mean all as individual i mean all as businesses i mean everybody not just in this country but in every country is definitely feeling the effects of everything going on but the positive that i'm getting out of this is it's made everybody do that same self-evaluation on well, I don't have to go to work. I don't have to do this. What's really important in my life? Like like you said, if all these things go away, what's really crucial to me? And I, I think it's been good for a lot of people to evaluate that, to really sit down and, and be forced to look at that. I, I think so. And in, in my own personal experience with this, you know, from, from my work, I work in a, in a couple of different fields. And one of my jobs, I spend a lot of time with my family to begin with. So okay. it really hasn't affected that because Mm -hmm. they're in the grocery business so for the grocery business it's been insanity for two and a half three months to where it's nonstop. can you keep up you know employees and in you know we have a lot of uh, young people that work for us you know high school kids it's their first or second job or whatever the case may be but 
you know, really trying to test their metal a little bit because yeah. they've never seen it. We've never seen it. Nobody. Yeah, this and is we're unprecedented. All, we're all kind of learning yeah. uh, on the fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, again. It's obviously we're all in a dire situation, but it's been um, a positive experience for for people to have to evaluate those kind of things and the those who are stepping up. Toledo Spirits being one of those places. Hey, they 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 switched up what they were doing. Mind you, uh, making some fantastic alcohol that we're drinking right now. Um, but they weren't using those vaults because everything's closed down. So they repurposed it and are making hand sanitizer, which at the time that they started making that was in very short supply. And the prices were ridiculous on them that they got inflated so bad because they knew that people needed it that it was, it was really ridiculous. So they decided to use the vaults they were using to make alcohol for drinking to make hand sanitizer, local hand sanitizer. And I think that's, that's great. Like I said, just to step up in that way and be like, what else can we do? What can we do to help and to stay active? Because other than that, it was pretty much shut down. There's nothing you could do. What do you decide to do? And there's some people that would say, let's wait it out. Let's do whatever. And they, in turn, decided to step it up and repurpose existing things to make something that's useful for all of us here. You know, when you look at the pandemic and how it's affected. So we're sitting here at Carlos Poco Loco, and you're talking about a restaurant that that thrives and survives on the atmosphere, the dining experience. Okay, now now you've closed all that off. So what can we do? How do we keep our people employed? Because it's more than just the owner of Poco Loco. It's the hostess. It's the servers. It's the cooks. It's the bartenders. It's how do you, how do we manage all of this to be able to create some sort of business model on the fly that no on one's the prepared yeah, for yeah, yeah. that we can actually be successful and, yep. and continue to keep people employed. And that's that's been the biggest challenge, I think, for at least the food industry and for a lot of industries has been how do we keep our people employed right now in a time of crisis because yeah. we all have like the bills aren't going to stop no <laughs> this is things no, the stop. mortgage payment yeah. is still due. it's still gonna come i think the food industry got hit the worst uh by far the worst like you said um grocery stores people can't go eat food eat out whatever they Correct. wanted to do so now they're looking at business I need to go. is booming exactly but the restaurant business you well, know no. and if and if you're a restaurant that is a the staple is food first drink second you're in great shape but if your staple was drinks first and food now you've got yourself in a little bit of a quandary yes absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. because especially now that people are starting to get back out and starting to do everything they're hitting the places where the food is is the first priority right and then they get their drinks with it they're not looking to go out and get drinks and then a little bit of food while they're there now their priority has shifted a little bit right Um, and, and that's a that's a good thing for those who prioritize the food yeah uh, one thing that I did like, uh, Governor Mike DeWine allowed alcohol to be sold uh, on takeout orders. Yep. And I thought that was, especially especially for the time we were facing, where we're like, we don't even want to leave. Even the alcohol stores were open, by the way. To the liquor stores, you can go and buy your bottle of liquor. Yo, it, 100 but I years ago, it was prohibition. Alcohol is illegal. <laughs> 100 years later, yeah. this is now essential this business. It's an essential, it's essential. business. you got to have booze. We need it. Are you, are you going to eat food? You probably need some alcohol. Let's allow Drink that on the carry calories. Now, mind you, that was fantastic. I love that decision. Uh, I, I understand that it probably wasn't easy to switch a stance that has been going on for so long and to say... Okay, let's allow it. 
and I'm I'm so happy that I don't I don't know how much it was requested or how much like people were like can we do the, can we do I don't know how much it was um, emphasized to them. I only heard the results. I only heard it when they were like, we're now allowing two drinks. I was like, oh, this is, who thought of this? This is amazing. I just happened to order two 65-ounce margarita mix. <laughs> just, just, like, like, this whatever. is perfect. This yeah. is two. I get so two. I get to eat my food. I don't have to go anywhere. And I like uh, a lot of the, the delivery drivers, like in the notes or whatever you want to leave. I don't know if they have to do it, but I always leave it in the notes. I just put the food at the door and text me. And they do. Now, I have cameras looking right at my front door, so they leave oh, the wow. food. Yeah. What are you, CIA? I have cameras everywhere, bro. Just like, hey, I'm secure is all I know, dude. <laughs> so I was like, all right, as soon as they leave it and I get a text message, your food is here. And I look out and my food is right out front. That is so, thank goodness that we are in an era technologically oh, yeah. where we are suffering so bad and yet so catered at the same time where it's like before imagine going through this with no internet or without all these apps or like DoorDash or like people bringing you the food imagine going through all this and you can't order food or you can't look online for this or that. Or you can't play PlayStation. You can't play PlayStation. Oh, you can't play video games. Because at least we can keep socializing yeah, over video games. Absolutely. And, and at a time, like the newspapers and headlines were always like, video game shooters are making kids uh, do crazy things. And yada, yada, yada. Like, these are bad. These can have a negative impact on your children. Beware of everything. Rated and, and, M for mature. And, and then COVID comes down. They're like, video games are great. Your kids can still socialize. You're like, yo, make up your mind. Yeah, but, which one is it? Yeah. But no, but it, it is great that we can still talk to each other. We can still communicate. Mm -hmm. We can still do things like teamwork and games. Certain uh, Call of Duty we'll throw out there. We can do our teamwork. We can talk. We can still exercise our minds in a certain way and have fun with each other yes. yet you're at your house and i'm at mine like those the, the, nowhere near each other it, it could have been so much worse but it, the, it but the internet made this bearable it did it did it really helped out it it really helped especially out especially as more. a sports guy with no sports yeah. oh you know, there's nothing you, on you, there was you, nothing you, on for you, three and a half months you have to be going through a rough period of time with no sports it's, whatsoever it's interesting yeah it, it's made my you know it's it's made us get a little more creative on the radio side yeah um but you know for me as someone who has worked usually you know like for instance we'd be in baseball season right now yeah well game would you know first pitch would be at seven o'clock i'd be there by five five thirty mm -hmm. maybe six depending um you know we go through a seven game homestand well that's monday through sunday well all right so for the last couple months, I haven't had to work at night. I haven't had to work on, on weekends, at least at weekend nights. Yeah. I've kind of gotten used to it. Like, yeah. I kind of like it. Yeah. You know, I'm still working, you know, throughout the week and then weekends uh, at the family grocery store. But, I mean, to be off by six, not be going in at six, like, it's, it's a That it's has a game to be changer. nice. Yeah, that has yeah. to be super nice. Now, the moment sports return, I can see you flying and... <laughs> I can see you flying right back to it like, all right, I don't mind. Because it's not really work if you like what you're doing. So it's not too bad when you're like, sports are finally yeah, back and, and I can watch. And so if, if we look at the Toledo Mudhens, for example, okay. like they're not coming back. Like this year is lost. This year, yeah. This, this year year's, is lost. This year's rough. They can't get the major yeah. leagues right. And if Major League Baseball and the Players Association could come to an agreement, let's say, within 15 minutes, and they were able to get things uh, intact to where this is, this is our strategy, this is how we're going to play it. They would send all their minor leaguers, in my estimation, 
to their spring training facilities, mm-hmm. and then they would be able to bring them up as they as they wanted to. So even here, we're not going to see anybody. You're not, not going to get any players because you can't you can't do the the risk of travel, the risk of hotel stays, things of that nature that the team is going to have to face. Plus, if you don't have a television contract, which minor leagues don't, you're not going to get paid on that. Oof. And if you can't, if you can only have thirty percent capacity. Or let's say Governor DeWine says you can have fifty percent of your max capacity at a ball game. Here mm-hmm. are the rules. Minor leagues can't survive on that. Here no. in Toledo, we could, we could do it. Uh, Toledo has a great minor league. Yeah, but uh, you go out to Scranton, yeah. you're screwed. <laughs> you can't go to Scranton <laughs> no. like that. <laughs> you, can't. Huh? you ain't going to Elmira. Yeah. Like yeah. people yeah. don't even know yeah. where Elmira's yeah. at. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a woman. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, have you met Elmira? <laughs> exactly, like the Elmira Jackals. So, so, like, what, what, what? what are those? No, 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 no. So I, I think we would survive here, but, but. Uh, so, Surviving and thriving are two very different very things, different and I think things. the mud hens have thrived for years. For I think years. people love. The, I think I th- I love our community for the mud hens, um, and I think they would do fantastic. But the risks would be way too high for the rewards. They wouldn't be able to get, like you said, they, the contracts wouldn't allow them to make much money for the threats that they're facing, for the thing, the possibilities that could have a very negative impact. Mm-hmm. So it's not worth it to them to do something like that. And, and even if so, we our last walleye game was March 11th. It was a Wednesday because March 12th was the Big Ten tournament. Okay. So I worked for the University of Michigan, so I was heavily invested in our Thursday game. Okay. Right? Wednesday, the walleye are playing. I'm texting my boss. I'm like, what's the status? He said, enjoy your night off. No fans. You can have the you can have the night off. I said okay. Nice. And then the very next, I think it was within forty eight hours, the ECHL was postponed. Everything was put on hold. And you look at the success the walleye have had in particular, right? You mentioned the mud hens and mm-hmm. how good it's been for downtown. Because when you have the baseball team downtown, you're bringing people to the baseball game. So whether it's a family of four that's going to go and grab cotton candy and hot dogs and whatever, that's fine. But Everybody else who's coming downtown who's going to grab a bite to eat beforehand, exactly. grab a drink beforehand, going to stay after the game. It stimulates like, the, our little economy yes. here. It stimulates it in such a great way because everybody comes out. And before whatever event is, whatever's going on at the Huntington Center, but especially the walleye game, people would come out, they would eat, they would drink. Mm-hmm. So they would get the food in their stomach and start drinking. And then head down to the Huntington Center to enjoy the walleye games, and that's that. That was major. I think that was major for the economy here. Mud Hens, I and I always say this: the Mud Hens was, they were the first ones to come down here and start to stir things up downtown. Yes. Then the Huntington Center opened up, and that was another thing. The walleye, though, the walleye fans are. There's something. There's something. There's something. And now I've mentioned the mud hens. I don't know how many times, and I've gotten called out on not mentioning the walleye enough. And it's because I have not attended what? many of the games. I know oh. you haven't been to a game. No, I've been, I've been to plenty of games. Okay. okay. Yeah. No, like, no. Okay. Good. I yeah. was about to say, like, what, what are yeah, you doing here? Not that I have, yeah. yeah no, 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 no. I've been to plenty of games, but I haven't mentioned the wall because to me, I've always found it 
to me personally, I like being outside. So I love the mud hens. Plus I worked there for a very long time. So it's something I'm familiar with, right. but I love being outside and enjoying the game and socializing and all that. Whereas the walleye is like intense. And every time I go there with like, somebody's like, Hey, let's go. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. And then we're like, oh, cool. And then we get there and they turn into an, an animal. Like they are just, they're like yelling. And, so, and I love it. Like I get in that vibe, but I don't automatically get in that vibe. I, I feed off that energy right. to get that vibe. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Whereas the mud hens, it's just like, that's my vibe. So that's why I don't mention the walleye as much as I do the mud hens. I've, got, I've, gotten, I've gotten told about that. I love the walleye. I got nothing against the walleye. I love the walleye. I just I tend to mention the mud hens more. It's all we had a we had a a double header. We had a mud hens. It was a the walleye were in the playoffs. One of the first year they were in the playoffs, and I was I, I worked for both teams. And we they moved up the first pitch of the mud hens game at like four, so that, that way they were able to you know have the mud hens game at seven. They were hoping they were selling like double tickets, like, you know, buy a mud hens ticket, get into the walleye game, that type of game. Nice. And I remember running down the street from fifth, third field to the Huntington center <laughs> because it was like, Hey, you're done here. Go over there. And I'm just running go. down the street Gotta trying go. to make it by like yeah. the national anthem. Like, hey, everybody we're here. Have a t-shirt. <laughs> like, Take this. You savage. How, how long have you worked for both? Uh, 10 years. Ten years. Ten years. Ten years. I was I was I fresh had out of college. No idea. How old are you? Uh, thirty-two. 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 Twenty-two. Yep. And that's what you were doing. So I I filled that's in. That's awesome. I was working at Bowling Green doing public address for. Uh, I had uh, men's and women's soccer, baseball, softball, uh, basketball, doing public address work. Okay. And the wall I needed a sub back in two thousand nine because the guy who I was filling in for Bob Virgil's. He also did Michigan basketball. Okay. So, long story short, he's got a game up at Michigan. They need a sub. They can't find anybody. They called BG. BG referred me. I hadn't done BG hockey before. I'd never. I had worked one hockey game that I called work, but I did it for my high school because I played basketball. The, the hockey team needed something. I was like, yeah, I got nothing yeah. else going on. Yeah, why not? So, the wall I called, and I'm like, hey, I uh, heard you're the Bowling Green um, hockey public address announcer can you come fill in for a game and i was just lying out of my teeth i was like yeah absolutely no problem yeah so i went up there and worked they said hey we're gonna be looking for a dj have you ever dj'd i'd never dj'd before but of course i was like yeah not a problem yeah, whatever what are you so learn the program on the yeah. fly and start doing that i transitioned from dj to in-game mc and from the 2009-2010 season is when i basically walked into the mud ends because they were like hey we need a public address announcer I can't lie. Baseball, not my thing. Yeah. Not my thing. Okay. It's just not it's just not me. I'm not a, as I'm exciting a, as I'm a football, the basketball, basketball, football kind of guy, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So uh for me I, I initially turned the job down. They're like, hey, it doesn't matter. Like we need somebody. And I was like, Yeah, I'll come work. Like, that's fine. And I've been there ever since. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. That's how it started because the guy that I was working with, because I transitioned from the guy upstairs now batting, you know, number three, yeah, Valdi, yeah, yeah. to in the stands, hey kid, time for the base shuffle. That deal. So how I transitioned there. Cheers to you. Hey, because you just gotta be. You gotta adapt. You gotta overcome I, and adapt. I was literally about to say, I love the ability, and this is something that not everybody has. Sometimes you need to do things that you don't know how to do. Yeah. And a lot of people will say, 
nah, no, no, I, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to do that. And other people uh, like yourself and I believe myself will be like, yeah, no, I can, what do you, I think I can do that. hundred percent. What do yeah. you need? Yeah. What do you need? Whatever you do, whatever you need. If somebody else has done it before, I can do it. Yeah. As long as it doesn't involve height <laughs> or something physical, I, I can do this. And, and you're telling this, me this, I have a chance to be employed. And I think that a lot of times, a lot of young people think that, okay, so what I'm told is I go to, I go to high school, then I go to college, then I apply to a job and I get a job. And that's just not the case, especially in today where as competitive as academics are and as competitive as the workplace is and with our global workplace now, I think that a lot of people are afraid to pick up a broom and start sweeping. But if you have to sweep the floor, sweep the floor the best it's ever been. Like I'm looking down at the floor right now. This thing is shining. You know, my my mother always used to tell me because growing up in the grocery business, I'm the fourth generation. My oh. great-grandfather immigrated here from, at the time, it was Yugoslavia. Okay. He immigrates here. That's what he knows. Comes here, starts a small grocery store. It expands. Long story short. But my mother's big thing was, it doesn't matter if you're the garbage man. Stand the cans up. Because at the time, they didn't have that hook that just grabs the can and yeah, throws yeah. it in the truck. <laughs> like, people actually had to get out and throw get it out in and there. Throw- and her big thing was, like, if you're going if you're, if you're to be the garbage man, yeah. take pride in the way that you do your job. Absolutely. And that's one of those things that always stuck with me. And, and the way I've always looked at it is like, yes, my family might own it, but at the end of the day, I'm still just an hourly employee. So you have to set an example. You have to set almost like a, a precedence of like, this is how we're going to operate. This is how we're going to work. And people will, they'll feed off of that. Yes. They will thrive off of that. Your and, energy, your energy spreads. It, it and, does. And, and, it does. Like that is 100%. so legitimately true. Like what you put out there, especially like a strong work ethic or, and even if you're like a part of, oh, you don't have to work so hard. You, you don't have to, but you do. Right. Because you know that that's the right thing to do. That's instilled in you. Right. So like that, and people feed off of that. And sometimes without you even knowing that people need that. People need energy to feed off of because there's times where you just don't like you don't have the energy to you just don't have the juice. You don't have it. You don't have like, it. And that happens to all of us. Yes. Like that's that's not just like that happens to everybody. And sometimes it's nice to have somebody to have that energy to feed off of and just push that much harder into everything. That's great. That's fantastic. And, and it's all about the the little things. So I coach youth basketball in my in my spare time. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I've been coaching. You have spare four, time? Yeah, right. Um as long as it fits in the schedule. So yeah, I, yeah. I've had fifth graders through eighth grade. I've had freshmen. And it's been nice. it, it's been great because you know when you work with young people, I think that one of the, the most rewarding things is we're, we're we're trying to teach you something and then you execute what we're trying to show you that's to be a beautiful feeling and, and you're working as a team and the all these things start to come together but i think that when you mention energy right as a coach you have to bring it every single day and and you look at people that are in management positions people that are in ownership positions some mm-hmm. of the most successful people in the world look at kobe who just passed away r.i.p um R. I. but you look at the way that he approached the game of basketball not everybody's like that, but you no. need someone like that on your team in order for people to look to. Because if, if those who are around you are looking to somebody and they can't find that somebody, oh, yeah, it's your, bad. your business is lost. Super bad news. Your business yeah. is lost. Yeah, you so have to have that. When you're the yeah. owner, you're the first one walking in you the door. You have to create that energy. You, yeah. Sometimes you, you even yes. if you don't have it, you have to create that create energy every and day. make it happen. Every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. 110%. 
And I, that's where the great businesses, I think, are really very successful because they have somebody that employees can look to. Like when you are inspiring and people feel appreciated, they will they will go to battle for you. They will you. go a hundred and fifty percent. They don't even have that extra fifty percent. But they got it right but now. But they find yes. it. They find yes. it. And I think everybody hits that point where they don't even. Sometimes it's not even creating uh, extra capacity. It's accessing another capacity that people don't know they have. So where people are like, I'm giving it 100%. No, they have more, but they've never been pushed to the limits where they've had to really give 100%. And bringing that energy to it helps them. They feed off of it. But little do they know they have it within themselves. But it's easier to see somebody. It's like, okay, no, if he can do it, I can do it. If he can do it, no, no, he's saying it and then going to that level or that extremity. One of the things I always say at the grocery store is I'm not going to ask you to do anything that I won't do right now. Very nice. You know, I'm not going to, and, and I read that in a book. <laughs> I, I saw I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a history minor. I love world history. I love global con- conflict, right? Why did people fight wars? What wars did they fight? Where did they take place? What happened? Right. And and the great leaders of the world, the great war leaders of the world had a way to inspire their people. And you lead from the front. Yes. You know, people don't have a lot of respect for somebody who's calling out orders from 100 miles away. Yes. You know, the, the greatest ones put their own life at risk because I'm not willing. I'm not going to put you in a position to do something I'm not willing to do myself. Nice. And I think yeah. when you start to apply that to your everyday world, and I think that a lot of young people are missing that sweep the floor. Because the guy that owned yep. this business, he started by sweeping the floor. The same thing. And we're fed this idea via social media, via our society that I turn 22, I graduate college, boom, I'm a millionaire. That's just not how it works. No, not at all. Because at all. that doesn't work. But there's also this, and I've had this conversation with multiple people, uh, ingrained idea where you have to graduate high school. Mm-hmm. Then you have to go to college, minimum four years, and then you'll see some possibilities happen. But if people had a little bit more of their own energy, like if they were, if they actually utilized their own energy for their purposes, a lot of people can skip that four years. A lot of people can skip all that if they have that work ethic or they have that, that drive to do something. Now, mind you, if you're like, I don't know what I want to do, I don't have any idea, whatever, college gives you that time to figure out what you want to do, what you're good at, and evaluate that. Yes. But there are a lot of people that have opportunities and aren't willing to, anything you do in this life, it's a risk. There is no like, I'm going to be There is zero guarantee. Zero. 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 But I can guarantee you this. If you do not attempt it, you have a 0% chance of success. I guarantee that. Uh, guarantee it. I almost just responded with 100%, but I was like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so the, 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 I need a whiteboard yeah, here yeah, to yeah, just write so it's out. Like, yeah. can, we, can we cross it out? Uh, all right. So I, I think, I, and that's something that I touch on every episode is um, sometimes uh, the, there's a million different ways to do things. There really is. Find your own route. Mm-hmm. Do what you think is right pursue that and and sometimes it's going to yield results sometimes it's not i'm not promising that you're going to be successful if you do these things but like in like in my head for me if i don't do what i want to do like if i don't do this 
like I'm sad with myself. Like I'm like, I feel disappointed in myself. Like why didn't I at least try to do something different? Right. And some people don't even have, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to say, I'm going to switch. I wanted to say courage. Some people don't have the courage to try it. I'm going to switch that with motivation. Okay. Some people don't have the motivation to try things on their own because they're afraid that it could yield failure and it can yield failure. But let's talk about what's going on right now. Even with COVID affecting things the way that it is. Hertz as a car company that rents out vehicles on vacations is going completely out of business. This is a multimillionaire company, like completely. And they're going out of business. And there's other people, Joe Rogan doing podcasts who's making headlines for a brand new deal. Times change and things change all the time. And if you're doing something solely to try to get money out of it, I don't think that's the right approach. I think the right approach is to do what you think is right. And hopefully one day it'll yield those results that you're looking for. And I think if you push it enough and it it truly is the right thing, it's going to yield those results regardless. Fear itself, like the fear of failure Mm -hmm. is crippling. (sighs) It is. It, it, It is crippling. Like if, if you start to think about, all right, I want to do X, Y, or Z. And then you think about all the things that can go wrong with X, Y, and Z, you are just feeding your mind the wrong information. Yes. And you have to be able to look at whatever your idea might be, assess it as neutrally as you can. Is this a good avenue to go? Is this a bad avenue to go? What are my reasons for doing this? Yeah. You know, you got to find, I was talking to a head coach a long time ago. He was the head coach at Buffalo. He went from Buffalo to Kansas coaching college football. His name's Turner Gill. And he said, we have to teach the hows and the whys. Once our kids understand how we do it and why we do it, then they'll be successful nice. at it. And I thought that, that's one thing that always stuck with me. Okay, how are we doing something and why are we doing it? I like what, it. What, what is our purpose in doing something like this? I think the other thing for young people is, you know, if we have uh, people that are 18 to 22 years old or, you know, 18 to 30 listening to this, did COVID not teach you anything? And what I mean by that is, we had a pandemic that shut down the way that our world operates. So in my world, I work in sports radio. Well, I can continue to do sports radio, but my other jobs have me with the Toledo Mudhens, the Toledo Walleye, mm-hmm. University of Michigan, University of Toledo, the Detroit Lions. Like I work on game days. So when sports shut down, what happened was they took a revenue stream from me. Okay, so now what do I do? Well, I'm free in the nights, so I might as well work after radio. I might as well work at the family grocery store again. I have a skill. I have a trade that I can do. I finish up radio at 9 a.m. in the morning, right? I'll just shoot up there and, and go back to work like nothing yeah. ever happened. And my, and my family appreciates it, which is nice. But how many revenue streams do you have? Are you attached to solely one job? And what happens if you lost that job tomorrow? What would you do? How are you living? I think is the other thing that this this COVID situation taught us was, are you living outside of your means? You could be a millionaire. You could be a millionaire, right? Making a million dollars a year. Yeah. But you could be broke. And what I mean by that is if you're making a million dollars a year, 
but your liabilities or uh, or your debts have you in a position where you're paying nine hundred thousand dollars a year. You're paying something's that out. wrong. Something's yeah. wrong. Something's you're living wrong. check you're to check wrong. just like everybody yeah. else. So how can you? You know, do you need a you know forty five hundred square foot home? Little things like that. Do yeah. you need this lawn service? Do you need this? Do you need that? Take a look at what you absolutely need. Yeah. And then reassess your wants versus your needs. Do I want to drive a Maserati? Absolutely. Do I need a Maserati? Mm, Hell no. No, no, no. no. In Toledo, I don't. No, there's if too I many potholes. You know, I, I need a Jeep. Hey, <laughs> need if, I Jeep. Miami, <laughs> if I move to Miami, I might need one. Yeah, yeah. 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 I but live here? in Toledo. Yeah, I, need, yeah. I, I got potholes and I, uh, you know, curbs the jump. I'm going to need a Jeep or yep. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Jeep. Maybe they'll sponsor the show. The shout out to Jeep. I love um, the mayor put in a proposal um, earlier this year um, for a tax increase to fix all the potholes. Now this happened like right before coronavirus or COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, right before it hit. And in my head, I was like, okay, so the, to me, the tax proposal was too high, but I generally loved the idea um, of the amount of potholes and the amount of work that was going to be done and guaranteed to be dedicated to fixing roads and yada yada. So it was a it was a good proposal. I just think the numbers were a little bit too high. And the mayor is very good with numbers. I am not as great with numbers, but I do know that that would have affected me in a great way and it would have hurt me uh more than it would have benefited me. But it was on the right track. And and young people pay attention to stuff like this. I I think uh, they have to. Yeah. Uh, oh, they don't though. Here here's and they the, need to. Here's the problem with that though, because me young, I don't, I didn't listen to any of this stuff. Hell man. no. No. What is like I'm too. I'm in the middle of drinking and partying, and like I have way too much other stuff going on right now. But that other stuff was really. It, it brought no value to my life. Uh, now that I'm a little bit older, I pay attention to these kind of things. And I'm not going to say like, I'm like, oh, I'm on it. Like I, I 100% know everything that's going on. But when I was young, I paid zero attention to it. And now I like to do a little bit of investigating as to what's this levy bring in? What should I vote for? What should I vote against? What can it bring? I think it's very important for our youth to know that everything, all those decisions are very essential to our small community here. Uh, Toledo is big city life, but also small community life. Um, even recently with all the protests going on, with the Black Lives Matter, with all of that stuff going on, and there's a lot that we can touch on on that, on the way that the protests went here in downtown Toledo. They took a negative turn. I feel that the positive response from the mayor was very good. This is a small community where everybody's decision makes change and can be heard. In bigger cities, that tends to get lost. Let's talk about New York. Oh. <laughs> New York is a big city and like you yell and you're lost in the ocean of voices. Uh, Florida. Florida is another one of those. It's, you get lost in that. And I'm talking about a whole state there, so that's that's kind of unfair. So we'll, we'll talk about certain parts of the Miami. state. Miami. Yeah, we'll talk about Miami. Okay, Miami. Miami. Yeah, whatever. Trying to move there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One day, one day. Uh, I don't want to move there. I want to. I, 
I'd like to. I'm gonna be one of those old people that live between Ohio Snowbird. and Florida. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like oh, it's snowing. I'm going down to Florida. It's warm again. I'm gonna go back to Ohio. I'm gonna be. I know I'm gonna be one of those people. Um, but I, I think that the 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 point of what I'm saying is, a lot of younger people don't pay attention because it, they don't think that it affects them, and honestly, it affects them way, 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 way more than they know. And I hope that they can at least listen and acknowledge what's going on, learn a little bit about what's going on in the city, and take part in those votes, whether it's I vote yes, I vote no, whatever it is, because I respect your decision either way. Everybody is under different circumstances here. So sometimes yes works very good for you, but bad for others. And same thing with no. Sometimes it works for you, not for others. You, but as long as you're making a conscious choice – as to what's good for what you think is good for you and your community, I think that you should make that regardless of what anybody else thinks. What upsets me is when people don't put any thought into it or any validity into it, and then they get upset at things that happen, but they never put any time into actually investigate. Should I do this? Should I vote yes? Should I vote no? Should I vote at all? Yes, you should vote. Yes, at all times. <laughs> vote, vote, no matter what. But inform yourselves on what you're voting on. And something that I was guilty of is I would go vote because I was told it was important to vote. So I would go vote, but I was very uninformed. And I voted on things just off of 50-50. You could flip a coin and get the same vote. You don't get that anymore from me. Do you think that the recent protests, the recent Black Lives Matter movement, do you think that that is going to have a positive impact on how the youth approach being informed and approach the and maybe approach the yes. way that they look at government as a whole. Yes, yes, and I, it's it's definitely going to impact everything, regardless of. But the problem is, <laughs> and this is a lengthy conversation, but there's been things going on that need attention for a long time, mm -hmm. and they haven't gotten the attention that they needed. And the problem is that uh, things have gotten spotlight attentions. This happened over here. I'm upset. This happened over here. I'm upset. I think we reached that that breaking point where we realized instead of just getting upset at this one specific instance and realizing it's it's not one specific instance. This is happening too much. They want to know more and they want to inform themselves. And I think that's great because once you inform yourself and say, look, this, th th you're upset. You think I'm upset about this? I'm not upset about this. I'm upset about this happening, this happening, this happening. This is not a one-off instance. Because this is of. something. Exactly. Yes. So then you start to study why is this happening? What, how long has this been happening? And when you really get in depth to all the things that's going on, a lot of people are very upset about Black Lives Matter and all that, I support you 150%, and, and I ask for anybody to gain more knowledge and, and express yourself in the way that you think is correctly, peacefully. By the way, I'm not saying anything else, but uh, definitely this is a time to acknowledge everything that's going on. Inform yourself so that you can inform others and make a change. So I, I, I think this is a way for them to learn more because this one instance is not a one instance. This, this one instance is, has happened way the too many times. The product of 
Exactly. Years so, and years. So, and so years then you get into so. the root of it. That's a whole nother story. And, and there's some people who are not informed on the whole history of what it's what has caused this. So a lot of people think this is George Floyd and they're going to put all of their eggs into that basket. It's like, oh, this is why I'm protesting. Um, and uh, OK. And I should say that's what people think from outside of the box and they're like but george floyd was this this and this and they release all these negative statements about george floyd he was a human being who did something wrong i've done a lot of things wrong (laughs) i've done a lot of things wrong i don't deserve death for for any of those things that i've done wrong so then they start to acknowledge okay this also happened this also happened this also happened it's not this instance. That's not why what's going on is what's going on. It's because there's way too many of this one instance all over the place. And people are starting to realize that. And, and I love the example they use about the uh, the young man who shot up that church in South Carolina, I believe. And, and he's walked out in handcuffs. This is what I try to present to people that look like me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So 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 you're, 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 a product Absolutely. Of, you're a product of immigrants. Absolutely. Right. Spanish, first generation born here in the United States. Spanish, I'm the first generation born Spanish in this Spanish is the country. first language? Spanish is my first language. English is my second. Okay, so Spanish is the first language for you. So I look at the world, and I know what the world sees me as, right? I yes. know I know how I am perceived if I get pulled over, if I go to a checkpoint, whatever the case may be. I know how I look, and I know the advantage that I have right off the bat because mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. But I don't have to go into... You know, my family's history of how we ended up here. But my family chose to come here because there was an option for a better life to come here. And that's how a lot of Europeans looked at this. That's how a lot of people from Central and South America look at the United States as like, hey, they call it they call themselves the land of opportunity. Like, let's go see what's going on and figure this thing out for, Mm -hmm. for themselves. And I think that there's a group of people here in this country that see themselves as I would say maybe the rightful heir to the throne, if you will, it's to put this in like a game of thrones. I, lo- type I of, love the way you like, worded that. This yes. is, this is a people that look like me, for example, we belong here because it was us that did that. And it's like, well, that's not necessarily how the world worked. Like you can't take away the impact. Christopher Columbus jumping on a ship sailing West not knowing where the hell he was going. You know what I'm saying? You can't, lost. You can't take that out of history. Yeah. You, you, know? you really can't. And, uh, you can't because that's the way the world... Asterisk, I hate that guy. Hey. but I, the, I just don't want to throw that out there. No, I, I, the change but, in the but world... But I, your family I agree. speaks Spanish for what? Yeah, yeah. For what reason? Yeah, yeah. Because Spaniards Be- found this... Agreed. This I'm, yeah, no, no. And uh, it's crazy to think but, that that's the way that the world worked, but that is how it worked then. Doesn't necessarily mean how it needs to work now yes and when, when we look at our history through a 2020 lens you are going to be appalled at what happened 200 years ago yeah at what happened 60 years ago like i look at the university of texas university of texas has matthew mcconaughey right as one of its most uh prestigious alumni he teaches a course there the university of texas was not actually fully integrated they were still going through segregation on that campus in the 60s that's not that far. That's, That's not that far. That's really ago. not. And so when we look at this Black Lives Matter movement, 
it's important for people like me to take on the responsibility to say, hey, this is what is important to this group of people who are Americans. They pay taxes just like everybody else. They are no lesser because of skin color or because of uh, ethnicity or because of language or culture. Like All of these things should be embraced because this is what America was supposed to be or so i've told there are a certain group of people however who feel like it's 1776 <laughs> i'm paul revere i'm paul revere all of a sudden yeah, yeah and yeah. and i'm gonna wave <laughs> i got in a battle the so other day on twitter over the confederate flag because i'm one of those people who thinks that yes we have freedom of speech but when i see that flag i know exactly what side of the line you're on the confederacy lasted from 1861 to 1865 that's four years. That's it. That's a very short period of time. In very fact, short. President Obama was in office for eight years. The Confederacy, no matter what anybody wants to say about it, was based upon the fact that we want to secede from the Union because we want to use slave labor in order to economically profit. That's exactly what it was. I'm so, glad you touched on that. So I see <laughs> the Confederate flag from 100 yards out, mm-hmm. and I can identify that vehicle with that flag in, in the window or whatever the case may be, I know where you stand. Yes. I don't I, like I, it. I, I have to 110% agree, and this is a this is a very controversial conversation, so I already know. It's it, hot right now. It's, it's hot. hot. It's hot. Son, uh, I, I don't care. I, I, I stand with you firmly 110% on that. Um, I understand the history that it has with this country, but it was a history where they were trying to do some things that were wrong, and the side that was trying to do things that were not wrong won. And so why are you upset about, like you said, it was, I, I believe it was five years. We, we'll touch on four or five. It was, with it, it was less than five years. So five years. So 61, 62, 63, 64, 65, five years. So we'll, we'll say five years. Five years. Five years. That's not a heritage. I've listened to a genre of music for five years and then quit it. Like, I don't understand. So for people who say this is a very strong history that I've had with this. It's not. It's really not. There's absolutely no reason for it. But that being said, it is a part of our history. Yes. I think this is where I'll probably get some lashback. I like history in general, and history is not pretty at all. No. History, and if you read back most, almost everything that you've ever read, is written by the conquerors or winners of that war. History is written by the winners. Exactly. So it's going to be in a certain perspective. That being said, I think it's important for individuals to inform themselves as much as possible. That being said, not like off of a fucking Facebook post that was like, oh shit, this looks good. This is what I base my history off of. No, actual history. Read, inform yourself, and inform yourself from various different sources because one source is going to be the winner and that's where you're going to get everything. There's other sources out there that can tell you the the whole story of something that's going on. And like you said, that flag represents a lot of negativity. I've, 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 I, well, the founder of the flag said himself, like he sees it as the 
the white race being supreme to all others, in specific to African-Americans. Like, that's, that's the way that he looked at that flag. So how do I not look at the person who says, this is what we're going to use for our flag, this is what it's going to stand for? And, and, and I was going back and forth with somebody on Twitter, and I said, look, the flag represents a loss. Like, that was the flag, and so he wanted to bring up Great Britain, so I went to the Union Jack. Okay, the Union Jack was established after the Revolutionary War. Mm-hmm. Well, what about Germany? They lost twice. Well, Germany's current flag is the flag that they used after the uh, Union of East and West Germany, right, in 1989. That was not the same flag of 1916 or 1915 when World War I uh, began. It wasn't the the flag that the Third Reich used under Adolf Hitler. Like, that is not the same flag. They don't wave those flags anymore. And that's my whole point when I look at this conversation. Why are we even acknowledging this? Like, why... Would anybody say, hey, I'm proud of this five-year stretch that we got our ass kicked? Yeah, like, yeah, who yeah, does that? Yeah, How does that the, happen? The, the, and I'm a Lions happens. fan. Like, it's I know <laughs> about getting my ass kicked. I know about it, man. I'm, you know what I'm saying? It's like, real. It's, it's real. real is it's all real. I'm saying. And, yeah. and we look at this idea of what America is and is supposed to be. Well, the Founding Fathers, they wrote that for people like themselves but when they wrote it becoming the constitution it's now available for everyone Mm -hmm. so if you don't embrace the fact that what makes america interesting everybody calls it the melting pot it's not it's a salad bowl (laughs) it's a salad bowl it's 90 percent lettuce it's here's a couple tomatoes here's some cheese you know whatever you put in your salad a little dressing but that's what it is we haven't and it's not not mixing as well as it should be mixing right um and, and i think once it okay so here's something i have to say mm-hmm. i'm super thrilled about the movement that's going on right now i'm super thrilled about black lives matter i'm super thrilled that they're standing up i'm super thrilled that they're acknowledging that for a long time they've been oppressed in a way that they shouldn't be oppressed and i'm talking about outside of the civil rights movement i'm talking about outside of everything where they're equal and yet treated differently and I'm super excited about that only because, not only because, but I'll, I'll say in addition to the reason that I've been treated that same way in, in many different times, but not just myself. I'm not like trying to bring some attention to me. I'm saying Asians have been treated this way as well. I'm saying a lot of different cultures have been treated this way as well. And I don't think it's right because the whole point of it, like you said, is for all of us to is to be a melting pot, for all of us to be equal here. We get here, and this is a place where we all have the same opportunities. And yet, for some reason, we're not all getting those same oh, opportunities. Oh, not for, some, for one reason. Yeah. <laughs> not for some. No, no, we know. Uh, yeah, that, we know. No, no, we I'm know trying, what the reason is. We know uh, what the reason uh, is. Yeah, yeah, but right. I'm trying to be as fair as possible. Yes. The, the, the thing is, is... We should all be, this is America, and we should all be on equal ground here. And we're not. The starting points for all of us are very different. So while some people may look at this and watch this video and say, of course, this is America. We're all equal. We're not because we didn't start off at all in the same place on this race. And there's a lot of people who got left behind. And so if you started out way the over there 
and I started here, the reason I'm in the situation that I'm in is because you started that race way before me. You started doing that way before I was legally even able to, allowed to do that. Gotcha. So you have all this land and you make businesses off of this and you have money incoming from these businesses where I can't even own a patch of land. How can I ever reach the level where you're at? And then X amount of years later, they say, oh, now you can own the land. You already own all that land and you're already exercising all of those rights now you're giving me the opportunity to do it i am behind and on top of that i am not educated in the way that i should invest into this so how am i ever going to reach the level or capacity of where you're at where a i have a way 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 less of a start than you do and b i am less informed than you are in the traditional ways so i'm obviously way more less informed in the like the now how does everything work and how do you make these things but valdi that's the goal the goal is that i show you this carrot but i know that you can't get to that carrot so if i show you this carrot but i don't give you the resources to get there the same resources that i would give let's say for instance my children you know uh, so I, i like to bring this up to people when i have these conversations because I went on this onslaught on Twitter and I'd posted a lot of it to Instagram and I got a lot of uh, feedback and comments from it, which wasn't the purpose of it. It was just the purpose of like, hey, I know the position that I am in and I know that it is now my responsibility for to speak for those who don't have the same opportunity that I have in order to have a dialogue with people who may look like me to realize that you know this person here that doesn't look like you is not your enemy number one number two this person here will not have the same as you mentioned the race the, the starting line is completely different so when i go out i'm usually the minority mm-hmm. in my in my group of friends and how how could that happen from where i'm from from the family that i'm from how does it happen because i can relate more to people that actually don't look like me than people that do look like me because I look at the way that my mother works, the way that her brother works, the way that their father worked. I look at that and I acknowledge that and the fact that they've always lived within these barriers of work. And then I see the other side of the fence to where some of my relatives are, to where they work Monday through Friday, nine to fives, and that's that. And it's like, okay, so... We have one group of people here that are working twice as hard that don't get that same opportunity because they're small business owners. They turn the lights on, they turn the lights off, and that's the way that it works. And it's every day of the week. They count the money, they make sure that the payroll is done, the schedule is made, and all these different things that go into running a small business. Technicalities. The the brutal part of it, right? And it's your business, right? And it was your father's business, and it was his father's before him. But how did he get that opportunity to start that business? And that is the starting block that so many people don't have. And it's hard to understand that, though. It's so it's it's here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's 2020. So people only see literally what's right in front of them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, a lot of the work 
that goes into something is missed. Um, Can even- we touch on something that really bothers me? Yeah, go ahead. Really bothers Please. me. Please. Oh. So this, this really bothers me because there was this whole build the wall thing. <laughs> right? It was, it, and and I, find oh. it, I find it very intriguing because to me, you have a, a group of people south of Texas, right? I'll call it south of Texas, uh-huh. a.k.a. Mexico and Central America. You have people willing to do whatever it physically takes to get here. Mm-hmm. And then you have a group of people that are here that are, that are mad. They say, well, they're taking our jobs. Well, wait a minute. You're raising kids that won't do that job. So your children, fed with this silver spoon, right, are, are too good to do job X, Y, or Z. And these, and these individuals here will do whatever it takes to get that job. And I assimilate that to sports, right? I think that I'm ultra gifted, right? Mm-hmm. And, and my kid's the star of the team. Yeah. But he's not willing to do the work to actually become the star of the team. So that kid that might have been really good in fifth grade, all of a sudden by seventh or eighth or ninth grade, isn't very good anymore. And that's because he's not willing to put in the work and the effort that it takes to be great while other people are. And so because I work in sports, I assimilate everything to sports. Okay. And I see people that are willing to put in the time, the effort, and the energy to do the little things. So if we said it was basketball, blocking out, rebounding, playing good defense. They're not worried about scoring points right now. We, we can't worry about scoring points right now. Mm. I got to do my job the best I can mm-hmm. to set my team up. And so when you have a family that immigrates to America from south of the border, whoever the first one is, is doing everything that they possibly can to set their team up in the right position. And that's how maybe their children can get into a better school or get into college and now all of a sudden you have, uh, you have the first Hispanic person to be a general manager of an NHL team down in uh, Arizona with the Coyotes. And it's like that's how that happens it's because somebody had to get in there first, dig that trench, and set their team up properly because your kid wasn't willing to do the work. I can't respect that kid. I can't. I personally can't. I got to respect the guy that I, I walked here. I fucking walked here. You know what I'm saying? I, I agree 110 percent with what you're saying. Like is that, you, have, that you have to put in more the, than anything. You have to put in the groundwork. You to, lay the foundation. You, you have to, <laughs> you have to lay the foundation to build off of it. And if you're simply trying to build without any foundation, your house is shit. Very simply 100%. put. Very simply put. And I agree with you 100 percent. And I see that all the time, where expectations are beyond the work structure that they're putting in to meet those expectations because you can say i deserve this but if you don't build the foundation to build this how do you get to this or do you expect the foundation to be built by others and then build upon that which has happened multiple times in history and do you carry your flag and what I mean by that is, so whether it's your family, whether it's your country, you might take a lot of pride in as an, a, a, if you immigrate here, do you carry your, fl- and whatever that banner might be, whatever that flag might be, like I'm here and now I represent everybody who looks like me or carries the same name. So you're damn right. I'm going to do whatever it takes to be successful at this position. I love it. Yes. And to put it very simply, yo cargo mi bandera 100% a todo lo que yo he hecho aquí en este país a todos los que vinieron antes que yo estaba aquí 
para hacer lo que yo estoy haciendo ahora. Porque si no, yo no estuviera donde estoy ahora. So 110% I agree that the foundation that I have was built upon who I've become as a person, mm -hmm. which is by the way that I was raised, eh? And my own motivations and drives to be, to be better at all times. And I don't mean to be better as in like, I'm Cuban. Uh, 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 my mother and father came from Cuba. I'm 100% Cuban, but I was born in the United States, so I'm 100% American. So I'm 100% American built off of Cuban parts, simply put. And I, I love both of my foundations. Mm -hmm. I love my foundation here in America because of the way this country came to be and the purpose that this country has for people like myself. It was literally built upon people like myself to become something better than what it was. Uh, if you take the best of everything and put it all together, you have a completely whole new different thing, which is what America is supposed to be. The best of fucking everything. And, and, and you build on that and you make it even better than that. But you take my roots onto where my people came from And that is a solid foundation of what America is. And I'm not the only foundation. I'm not saying Cubans are the foundation of no, what this country not. is. No, I'm saying literally, literally every ethnicity, every different race has had a place in this country being what it is. Whether it comes to restaurants and, and getting different food, whether it comes to the worth, work ethic placed into this country to build what it is today any of those subjects any of those talking points it was built upon different ethnicities coming here to build something better for everyone cubans didn't come here building a better place for cubans they came here building a better place for everybody African-Americans didn't have much of a choice in the way that they came here, right. but they still built this country up to be better for everyone. Right. And that's and, very and important. And when will they get their shot to be everyone? When will they, uh, when, when will they get their opportunity? And, and the best way that agreed. I, the, the, I saw it from a comedy show. It was a couple of years ago, but it, it popped up on my Instagram feed and it said, okay, you know, I'm saying black lives matter. I'm not saying your life doesn't matter. I'm just saying that, Hey, We exist. Can I just? Can we just come to the agreement that we exist? We and, exist. We matter. I start laughing, and I'm, 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 I go on further, and he's like, you know, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, whatever. All lives matter. He's yeah. like, well, in September, when you say September 11th, never forget. Oh. I'm going to wear a shirt that says All Buildings Matter. And, I saw and, that. I saw and, that. And, oh, it was hilarious because it it was crucially to the point that if your ankle hurts, tape your ankle. Well, right now we have an ankle sprain. We need to tape our ankle. Why are so many people pushing back to the idea that, hey, wait a minute, we need to, we need to maybe reassess and relook at how we view all of ourselves as Americans here in this country? I, 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 this is what I see with the movement that's occurring right now. This has never been addressed properly, ever, in the history of everything that's gone on. There's never been a very direct conversation and answer to the questions that we have as far as how everything has come about. Mm -hmm. I think this is the first time where people have said enough is enough. They're having, they want dialogue opened up and they just want to be equal. 
Like, they're not asking to be, like, black lives are superior. They're not asking for that. Nobody said that. Nobody said that. They're saying black lives matter. Like, they're not saying they're, not saying they're above. They're not saying they're below. They're saying, like, we matter. And people are still upset by that. Like, why are you, if you're upset by saying black lives matter on the same level that all of our fucking lives matter, when people, like, retaliate to black lives matter by saying all lives matter. I know where you it stand. Get, it gets on my I know fucking where you stand. I know where you stand. The point is black lives matter. Do you agree? Yes or no? Yes. 110%. You don't even need anything else out of me. Like you say that statement. I agree 110%. But the way they're treated right now doesn't reflect that statement. And it needs to reflect that statement. I think that out of this whole movement, it's being taken serious enough that where it can get on that level. I hope so. And I hope this movement continues. I really do, and I support this movement until it gets to that point. And I think that a lot of this is that we are the first generation to approach this from a highly educated standpoint. A majority of our young people, the standard, the expectation is that you will achieve a level of higher education, right? So like my grandmother, my grandmother did not go to high school. She didn't go to high school. Eighth grade is the level that she reached. So when you go to an an area of higher education, you are exposed to different people from different countries, different languages, different cultures, different races. And you begin to, at an educated level, have a dialogue or work with people or see people or meet people. You go from your small town to a college campus to where it's like, oh, wait a minute, we do have a lot of the same ideas and a lot of the same principles. You just come from somewhere else. You have really good food. This is what I have to offer. You might not like it. It's kind of bland. Add some salt. Whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. hey, we're the first generation to deal with this to where education is a standard. It's almost like a prerequisite in America. So when we, I, I think that the reason this, this movement this time around in regards to maybe where Martin Luther King was at, he lays the foundation but you can't get to the successful standpoint that I believe we're at right now without education because that's all it is. It's educated people versus ignorant people. I, I agree. And there were certain people that were more educated during that time that are were educated now. Now, mind you, very educated, very correct in the way that they were doing everything. But the way that we access information now is very different at the time than that time. Mm-hmm. So we all have access to that same information now. So there's no playing I'm ignorant. There's no playing I don't know. Look it Google. up. Google. We literally have so many search engines where you can look at all the, the history that has been written down. You can look at all of these things and make your own decisions. And where you make your decision tells me a lot about you as a person because there is no I didn't know or I didn't go to the library and read these books. You can literally just Google it and get that information. So it's a, it's a, it's a heck of a time to be alive. I'm very, I'm very happy with the movement that's going on now. I'm very excited in the way that they're doing and handling things right now. Some of the times there is violence. I think it's um, the media portrays things in a completely different light. So I'm not going to get into that, but the important part is, is they're making people listen. They're making people know how hurt they are and that is important. That is super essential because we cannot move forward until we know the level of pain that they're at. 
We cannot move forward until we accept the things that have been done wrong. And we cannot move forward until we all understand what's going on and then build off of that. But we can't do that until this happens. Like until this eruption, like this is a literal eruption. This is not normal. This is something out of the norm. And it's global. And we need that. And it's global. global. All in different countries, New they're doing Zealand, the same Australia, thing. Australia, Germany, 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 England, London, ev- everywhere is doing this right now. And I am um, I'm super happy about that. I support that 120% in all of these movements because I feel it's the correct thing. I feel I, it's not like they're asking for superiority. They're literally asking to be equal. Yeah. And that, that, should have, that, that should already be. Should. And, should. <laughs> and I think the idea behind it, like from the those who are in power, is why would you not want contributing members to society? You know, you look at our prison rate, you look at who's imprisoned, and it's like, okay, well, how do we change that behavior? Well, some people don't want to change that behavior. They actually encourage. It's beneficial. Right. They encourage the sale of narcotics or mostly it's beneficial for monetary value. Absolutely. It's not beneficial for um, ourselves as a human race. No. As a human race, there's a lot of things that we need to do to to expand and to exceed. But we keep dividing within ourselves for little stuff. And like you said, there's certain certain groups that for monetary value do whatever it takes to keep that monetary value, even if it's at the, even if it's hurting everything else around us Mm -hmm. pretty much. And it doesn't make any sense. And so for me, as a, as a person who might have an outlet, might have a platform like, okay, like I will, I will use it to speak. Absolutely. hundred and seven percent. That's why we're here. Yeah. I'll (laughs) I'll use it to speak on behalf of my friends who might not have the same opportunity. Exactly. And that, and that's the thing, like getting a voice is hard. Um, like making your voice heard is hard, especially with all the noise going on right now. There's a lot of noise, man, a lot of noise. So it's, it's hard to get your voice out there. So for any platform that I have, um, it's, it's good to be able to express that mm-hmm. and feel a hundred percent confident in what I'm saying. Like, it's real easy to say these things because I feel this way. It's real simple. And, and you live it. Yeah. So you view things from a different lens yeah. than the quote unquote majority yes. because yeah, you are first generation. I know. And I yeah, think yeah. that that's something that, you know, I, Story about Poco Loco. So I learned about Carlos Poco Loco from, I don't know if this is the president of La Presna. They were doing Latino night at the Mud Hens. Okay. I start chopping up with him. I start speaking a little bit of Spanish to him. He's like, oh, my God, you speak. I'm like, calm down. Okay. Tranqui. Tranqui, So we start, we start you know, chopping up a little bit, and I explain to him that you know my best friend is Puerto Rican and Panamanian. He is a first-generation American. And he says, well, you got to go to Carlos Poco Loco. So I'm like, okay. So I was like, hey, Gian. We got to check out this restaurant. It's Mexican and Cuban, and he's like, "Tranquilo, por favor." I'll I'll be I'll be the judge. I'll judge this. We place. we walk in, the music, the flags, the atmosphere, the hostess. He was like, "Yo, where have we been? Like, what? Why like, did we miss this?" Yeah, and and he said, "My people," and for him, it was so important to be able to share and experience and have, you know, English is a second language for him, so he can come in and feel. Like he's almost at home. The cooking is almost at home. The people are almost like they're at home, but they're all here. That energy. 
Oh, you and, feel and, the and you, energy. When you walk in here, oh. you feel that energy. And you bring that culture to life to where it's like, hey, I might not be this, but this arroz con guandule <laughs> is good, man. Like, you know, I, I might not be this, but I can yeah. enjoy this. But I can enjoy this. And I can enjoy the people. Enjoy the positive vibes. And, and the music mm-hmm. and the culture and everything about it. Like, I can come here and I can have an experience to where, as he said, this feels like home. That's great. And to him, yeah. that was important. And we've been a poco loco yeah, ever since. Yeah, I love this place. You know what I'm saying because you can't walk in somewhere and see a bunch of. No offense, you can't see a bunch of gringos working. That's not. That's not. That's not what I came it's, here it's for. A, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, something's wrong. Like, something's wrong. Yeah, and nothing against it, but it, 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 something's not right. Right now, I have a couple other subjects that I want to touch here with. Yo, what's can we take an on. intermission? I gotta go to the bathroom. Jesus Christ, you read my mind. I was thinking <laughs> the same thing, so I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let you go first. We'll be right back. Let's yo, pay yo, these yo, bills. Yo, do, do, Commercial ah, break. Dale. Okay, we're back. <laughs> uh, and we're back. And All we're right. back. That is a very simple. Um, uh, to touch on everything that we've talked on, mm-hmm. um, I, I agree with you. I'm very happy with the movement that's going on, and I can't wait to see what comes out of everything that's happening right now. Um, one of the big subjects is all the statues being torn down. Uh, one of the big subjects is the flag being banned. Um, cartoons depicting less violence. Uh, there's a lot of changes that are happening literally at this instant as we speak. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people having meetings on how to proceed. A lot of companies coming out and saying Black Lives Matter and supporting um, PlayStation and Xbox being two big ones that were very, very, very big and prominent on not doing new releases or doing anything to take attention away from what is going on in the country right now. And I think that speaks volumes to them. I think there's a lot of other companies that are just jumping on and saying certain things and that's typical to be expected. Um, but I feel that overall the wave is is happening where people are paying attention. You can't look away from this. This is what's happening. And I agree with it 100%. Even in some situations where I don't feel they're doing the right things. <laughs> this is going to sound so contradictory to what I'm saying. Even where I feel they don't they're not doing the right things. I feel they're doing the right things to get attention and they need it Mm -hmm. and it deserves to be in that direction. So while we may not agree with burning buildings, with looting, with some of those negative statements that are being made, I think that they're necessary to get the attention on the subject as much as it is. And without those other things, you would have another... Kaepernick, who's doing a peaceful protest and gets zero reward, zero anything, zero outcome, zero movement out of it until it becomes what it is now. And now people are like, he was correct, or maybe we should protest this. He is absolutely correct. And the things that have gone wrong I didn't want to protest before, but now I think I should protest because there's a lot of things going on. So I, th- I think it's, I th- to me, I'm completely happy with what's going on in that regard. I hope that it gets noted, but I hope that it doesn't stop. 
And when I say I hope that it doesn't stop, I hope that we reach peaceful conclusions, obviously. Uh, but I hope that they get heard enough and they make legislative moves and changes on on a, on a more base level that can make some real changes to how they are affected and how we are all affected. And when I say how we all are affected, as a minority, I've been affected plenty by racism. Plenty. Plenty of stories, plenty of stupid stuff that I've dealt with past and recently, like very recently. And I think we've, we've, and I say we as us minorities here, all minorities have felt that and it hurts to be treated in a way that is unfair with what you've put in for this country or what you put in for your city or what you put in for your town or what you put in for your state. I feel it's unfair for us to try to make such positive impact and get hit with such negativity. And I think this is putting a spotlight on all of that, not just, and again, the spotlight is black lives matter, but the spotlight is shining on so much more than that. And I, I support it 110%. You know, and, I, and I, I listen to what you're saying. And the first thing that I think of is leadership. And leadership comes from the top. And I think that, you know, this might rub some people the wrong way. But our current president isn't doing too much to unify us. And I, I think that with the division that is created, as you look at the Black Lives Matter movement, a majority of people would say, well, yeah, that, that makes sense. Mm. But the very vocal minority who are standing their ground with their Confederate flag and their, you know, 45 sticker in their window, they're looking at this and this is, it, it has opened up a window of opportunity to instead of maybe I try to learn, maybe things aren't what I thought they were, mm. you know what I'm saying? Maybe I can educate myself based upon what are my preconceived notions of this person based upon whatever is out there, your, your, your bias, you know, cause children, you look at that video of the little white kid and the little black kid, they come together oh, I and love they're hugging in the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like children just want to yeah. play. They don't care who they're playing with. Yeah. It's their parents who tell them who they can and can't play with. And what has happened is, is there is a very vocal, very vocal group of people that don't want that to matter that don't want that to change. And this is why I, I continue to say this is education versus it's intelligence versus ignorance. Because I think that the more intelligent people who look like myself, we have the opportunity now to bridge that gap. I love and, it. And, and, yeah. and the sooner that happens, the better it is for us as a, as a whole, as a collective, as a country, as a society, you know, we need more moving contributing parts. And if you break up a family because of a, a, a simple traffic stop that now you throw 30 charges at somebody just because th this is, you know, they, they, they talk about all the time, you know, when uh, there was this, this video that was done where they lined up all these kids and they were going to race. You mentioned the race. Mm -hmm. Take a step forward. I, I just, I literally, just saw I literally, I saw it a while ago yeah. and I literally just rewatched it today mm -hmm. because it's as relevant now as to when the video came out. Absolutely. And if, and if you were taking people out of the community, a father figure, for example, on a routine traffic stop, 
that he's now got five, six, seven charges against him over nothing, mm-hmm. over a speeding ticket. You know what I'm saying? That's what the people are protesting because Agreed. you took that father out of the picture. And now you've set the child up or children up for failure. Yeah. You to know? fall back into the same routine, which is what created this indifference in the first place. And some people huh. enjoy that. Some it's, some people some people want want that. that. Now, can I say something? Yeah. Since we've we've we we've touched on we we've touched on this subject for quite a while, mm-hmm. and I want to say something about Toledo. I love our cultural differences here, and I feel like Toledo is fantastic about different minorities coming together. I love the way Toledo comes together. I have n- I've had my problems here with racism and I've had my problems here uh, for for sure 110%. But it's never been a forefront or emphasis of the city and it's never been a majority of the people here. It's a minority of the people here. So while I'm the minority in ethnicity in their racism or in their ignorance, ignorance, their point of view on life, they are the minority because I've received tremendous support from the city, tremendous love from the city, from all races, like all races. And with everything going on right now, I, I, I've dealt with TPD on different occasions and I've always had a very positive experience with them so i i would i would i it would be an atrocity for me to say i need to i need change i need this because i've dealt with this it's false for me i know many other people may have dealt with different circumstances but i've always had positive situations when dealing with tpd here when dealing with a majority of the people here and that's one thing that i greatly appreciate and love about this city Yes, there are some situations that didn't go according, accordingly. They didn't go in a positive manner. But those are definitely outweighed by my positive experiences that I've had here. You know, Chief Crawl does a great job, I think, with TPD. We do a coat drive every winter. We, we go to a, a local diner over on Monroe Street. They bring the paddy wagon. People bring in coats. They get discount off their breakfast. Pretty nice. simple. You end yeah. up using the coats, like drop them off because TPD will take them to, you know, situate. They'll throw a couple in each patrol car. And if Fair you nice. show up somewhere and somebody needs something. And I think that the same way you can't paint a, a race with a broad brush stroke, you can't do the same thing to police officers. Agreed. And does there need to be more of an educational element to it? Probably. Does there need to be more of a training just outside of weapons training and in, 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 you know, physical hand-to-hand combat? Yeah, yeah, more yeah. than likely. But my dad was a cop. He was in the United States Marine Corps and then became a police officer. He graduated the Marine Corps, applied for the police station, you know, in Monroe County Sheriff's Department. They're like, oh, what do you got? He's like, I just exited the Marines. Like, here's a gun, here's a badge, do your thing. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, okay, so maybe we need more than that. But my... My father is a good person, and I know that because I see it on a daily basis. You know, so I think that when you look at police-civilian relations, it's very delicate, but if if you're the police, to serve and protect, right? 
So serve and protect. Mm -hmm. And if you're doing that, if you're fulfilling your oath, then you're in good shape. Agreed. And if you're a civilian, stop breaking the law. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like quit, you know, don't do a, do a a light B and E. There's no reason to break into anything. Yeah. There's no reason to steal anything. You know what I'm saying? So things like that, you know, need to be addressed and need to be changed, but it's a, uh, now people are going to bring up stuff like they didn't do anything wrong and they were this, and there's certain situations that absolutely I'm not, I'm not, I'm really, uh, I'm not saying that there's not, I'm saying that there are a lot of police officers that are doing their job. And I, that, honestly, I greatly respect what you're doing, especially now. Uh, hell, it's a, it's, it's a hell of a time, uh, to all the good, good police officers out there. The ones who legitimately join to help people and to create a better society. I appreciate what you're doing on a level that you probably can't see because of everything that's going on right now. Um, it, it's hard. And when we talk about police need to be this way, need to be that way, and you guys are already doing that thing and probably aren't getting as much of a light shown on you as you should, uh, I want to shine as much of a light as possible on you guys because there would be a lot of chaos without you guys right now. And I love what you're doing. Please keep it up, even with all the noise that's being made with everything going on. Try to understand us as a society. Everything that's going on hurts us. And we're just trying to get to a better place. Um, but I, I speak on behalf of myself. I love you guys. I appreciate what you're doing. I want to thank you for what you guys are doing. Um, with that being said, there are some elements out there that aren't doing that great of a job and need some adjustment. And I think that's the whole point of the movement that's going on right now is as a police officer, it's a tough job. Matter of fact, I, I don't Nobody's feel, calling you to drop off yeah, breakfast. Yeah, I, I don't even have a right to speak on the jobs that they have daily, pulling over people, risking their lives, just trying to help everything. I don't feel that I have that much of a right to speak on it. That being said, I have enough of a right to say that there needs to be more of those good ones. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, there's going to be bad ones at any job. Every job I've worked at, dude, I've had some bad coworkers, man. There's bad doctors, never bad pharmacists, fa- yeah, never bad everything. Fa- there's bad everything. Yeah. The, the only problem that I have with that is that the bad ones in that particular job department need to be called out a little bit more because it's not just it's not you letting your department down by saying this person's doing a bad job. It's you lifting society up by saying that person's doing a bad job and our standards are higher than that. Um, so while I feel, again, it's very out of my place to speak about some of these things, it's also my right to speak in general. So I will say that I feel, I feel that a good percentage of them are doing a fantastic job. The problem is that that, small percentage that's doing a a bad job a small percentage of a large scale is still a lot of people Mm -hmm. uh still a lot of people um so that that i i think that's something that needs to be addressed and i'm glad that it's being addressed the way it is that being said i want to veer off this conversation because there's a lot of things about this city that are very positive and I'd like to touch base on those things, like um, the alcohol delivery. Uh, I'd like for that bill to pass on 4 a.m. being the new standard set 
for alcohol sales as opposed to 2 a.m. I'm very much looking forward to that coming from um, bigger cities that, that already have this in place. I think it'd be nice for us being a medium-sized city to have that option. Um, so halfway through right now for, uh, did I touch base on that already or not? Um, Bill, uh, briefly when we started, but I okay. don't know. All right, so, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. A little background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, there is some legislation in place right now. It's halfway through where it would allow for uh, facilities to sell alcohol until 4 a.m. as opposed to 2 a.m. Um, and sell alcohol on Sundays as well, which I think is a very big deal. And I love that we're at least pushing for it. Uh, whether we fail, succeed, whatever, at least the noise is finally being made around a later time for those. I, I think there's a lot of places that wouldn't want something like that in place. Poco Loco being one of those, like I don't see this being an establishment to stay open until four in the morning, but I think there's a lot of other establishments that are about staying open later and me being open to those ideas and partying until four in the morning. I think that it's great that places would have that choice. So I really do hope it goes through. It would help um, a lot with sales. A lot of places have to lose sales after 2 a.m. Sorry, we have to close. We don't have a choice. This and that. At least that you, if you cho- if you do close, it's your choice to close in that matter. The, this is assuming that the, the everything passes. It would be your choice to close at 2 a.m., and not being forced to close at 2 a.m. So if you have a crowd of 30 people and they're still bringing in money, that's stimulating your little economy for wherever you're at to have those people paying for drinks and doing whatever that it is that they're doing. Um, and me being from a bigger city, that's very normal to be out that late on a weekend doing whatever it is you're doing. Um, so I, I hope that it passes all the way through. I really do. I hope that a lot of places don't accept it and don't stay open. I know it's weird for me to say that, uh, but I hope that a lot of other places do accept it and do stay open till four in the morning so that at least you have that choice where if you want to continue to party, you can continue that party. You ever been over to Los Dos Gallos? No. Really? Really? Off of, uh, oh man, what is it, Door Street maybe? Mm-mm, never yeah, been there. Deep off of Door Street, like past uh, past the bunker, past Inverness, like past all that. Nope, nope, nope. I ended nope, up definitely there never been with there. a couple of people that you know. Um, I ended up over there one night and it was like, hey, if if they would, if they could just keep serving, we could keep going. They yeah. The DJ, they had dancing, the amount of older people that were in there having a great time. And, and to me, you look at some of the bigger cities, Chicago, New York, Detroit is very much a 2 a.m. type of deal mm-hmm. um, right now. And and as Detroit goes, Toledo kind of goes. I've always kind of said that because the way that Agreed. the auto industry has affected the economies here uh, in both cities, we are very much a miniature Detroit. It's it's really... I've know, always said that. Yeah, you Mini go, Detroit. That's it is. A, yep. That's exactly what Toledo is. It's a miniature Detroit. So I would like to see it, uh, the, the sales end of it, Operate until four. I think that we have enough options to be able to get home. Now I'm an, I'm one of those people that I don't need to be out till four. Me, me, you yeah. know, I could I could go home at midnight and get a good night's sleep. You know, I'm a little older, <laughs> but for the younger crowd, like it might be worth it for yeah. business owners. Why not? There's nights where I uh, there's nights where I want to turn in early, and there's nights where I want to turn in late. Mm-hmm. So for me, just having that option is is right. fantastic as a consumer. If I want to turn it down, I turn it down. 
but there's nights where I want to go out and party. <laughs> I'm 33. I'm old slash young. I'm, I'm right in that middle you're age. Middle age. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm age. right in that middle age where it's like I could be a young kid or I could be an old man, depending on the night. <laughs> Is it a full moon? Where where the tides rolling? Is Mercury in <laughs> retrograde? So, oh no, it's tonight. Tonight is not a good night. The energy levels are all on. <laughs> so depending on that night, I could do uh, a, a fun night out and stay out till four in the morning. A celebration, let's say a birthday party or whatever the case may be where you want to continue that kind of action or just a regular whatever night and you're just like, no, I'm going to turn in early. It's nice to have those options in place. So I really hope it goes through and that businesses decide what they want to do. Even if they want to decide to still close at two, I'm okay with that. It's nice knowing that there's the option to stay open till four. Mm -hmm. And if it's business purposes, let's say they don't make enough money to you know, even think about staying open till four, I completely understand that. And I can get behind that 100%. But for other businesses that are like, we'd love to continue at three, four in the morning, but we are legally not allowed. It's nice to have that option to legally be allowed to do that. So I, I hope it goes through and gives people and businesses that choice to do those kind of things. I, I think that'd be really nice. And I think that's a great step into entering like that larger city lifestyle yeah. where you have those options. And I think that'll bring, I hate to say bring in people, but I th- it will like people from Michigan that already come down here to enjoy what we have down here to enjoy it for a longer period of time. I think that'll bring more noise and more attraction this way, you which know, means more money for our economy. You look at Toledo and I know a lot of people make jokes about Prometica, but without Prometica any the employment opportunities they provide, what do we have? You know, you look at the Ebide Institute right over here, and it's like, did you know that this is a, what they call a food desert, this area that we're in? Because there isn't a grocery store for all the residents here within so many miles, except for the Ebide Institute right here that has a grocery store on the first floor. And on the second floor, they'll actually teach you how to cook. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. The at little all. grocery store right over here in the I hospital. Had, building. I had zero idea about yeah. that. And it was Randy Oster's idea because he was like, okay, so if you grab an eggplant, you know what to do with it. Upstairs, they have a full kitchen. They can teach you what what you can do with an eggplant. And it's because you know you have to teach people how to cook, and because there's never like there's not a grocery store down here, and now you have all these residents moving in. We have a brand new complex on the other side of the river, on the uh, opposite side, on the east side, across from the. Uh, Cherry Street, Martin Luther King Bridge. And it's like, okay, now you're going to have X amount of residents there. They're hoping to have some retail, maybe a bar. Like the development has to continue. You have to continue to have people in employment opportunities. You look at Amazon over in Northwood or Rossford or wherever it's going to yeah. be like that. That is huge. You have to Big have time. opportunities for corporations to have a benefit for why should they invest in your city? And if it means they get a tax break, give them the tax break because how many people are going to have an opportunity to be employed? How many people might move to this city, which not only do you bring in their income tax, you bring in their property tax or homeowners association fee or whatever they might pay if they live in an apartment, but then you bring in the sales tax off the, off the goods that they purchase. Like it, it only makes sense that if you have a commercial investment here to be able to support that from a city standpoint, I think it's huge. I, I agree, and, and only in the fact that it's beneficial to 
both parties. Hundred percent. And and that's what you're stating right now with the tax breaks and people get upset about that. Paying zero dollar in taxes, that's baloney people that get a company upset over Jeff Bezos because uh, to, he doesn't pay taxes, right? But like Jeff Bezos has created how many jobs for people that pay taxes? Like, and how much is he paying people for those jobs? He's paying them above and beyond the job methods that they're doing. And McDonald's um, is a real estate company. Don't get it twisted. They just happen to sell hamburgers. Uh, McDonald's owns more real estate. Than, uh, we're not even, yeah. you know what? I already crazy, know you know right? that. Yeah, we're, exactly. we're not going to get into that. You got to do it. You got to employ but, people. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 okay, people should be informed on these kind of things. But I agree 110% with what you're saying with Amazon, Jeff Bezos, the businesses that they're doing right here in Toledo mm -hmm. with the old malls that we had here that we were literally doing nothing with that space. And now we're employing people to work there. That's phenomenal. And if it means that by them employing people locally here and creating jobs, and I believe it's over a thousand jobs that they're creating here locally, that they then get a tax break for it. I understand it, and a lot of people aren't going to like it, but it's a great business move because it's beneficial to Amazon. Obviously, they're getting that tax break, but it's beneficial to the community. As long as it's beneficial to both parties, mm -hmm. I completely understand where they're coming from. At any point where they create a monopoly and it's a little different, then I'll beg to differ, and I'll say, hold on, that we deserve other options, but there's really who else is trying to trying to compete with them who else is trying to create jobs locally here in our community who else is creating the jobs with the benefits with the guarantee there's nobody else so as long as it's only that company i i, I support you because you're supporting our community at the moment that you try to decrease value or hurt our community then i don't like that anymore then i think we need to put things in place but I, i've seen nothing but positives honestly like i've seen nothing but good things it's just people who only see one side of it they're they're not paying taxes attack them but what are they doing in your community what are they doing for you as a service what are they done to your property value yeah yeah so like so it, it comes with information depending on what information you have you can see it as a pro or a con but inform yourself can i tell you something that really bothers me you can tell me anything bro they should have built the casino downtown shut the fuck up they no. should they should have put the casino no. right on the other side of the river 100 no you should be able to get to the casino from downtown it's either got to be on our side of the river or on the opposite side but they should have put it right there I don't know. What if you had a ferry service, Valdi's Ferries? It was a boat that you're walking around downtown. You're like, I want to catch a hot hand in a dice game. You hop on Valdi's Ferry Service, and they and you just shuttle them across the river. Boom, right there in the casino. Next thing you know, they catch a hot hand in a dice game. Clackety-clack. I'm about to create a ferry service, bro. Stop. <laughs> Stop, because I'm like, yo, I can get to the casino right now. Right now, right at the bottom. <laughs> I can't afford a ferry, so I'm gonna have a paddle boat. Everybody, we just got a pontoon. <laughs> Everybody, we can all go in on a pontoon. Me, you, Felipe, Aldo, we get a pontoon. We're golden, bro. We got a motor. Just, just, just hop on, sit down. We'll take you right over there. Uh, I, I like the, um, I like that they built the casino where it's at. I understand it's outside of Toledo and it's technically Rossford, but land and. Location-wise, I think it fit perfectly. Yeah, I do. Where would they have built it on our way? Right where the uh, right where the apartments are going in right now. 
the apartments that has been in negotiations for so many years, hundreds of years, and fails <laughs> hun- not hundreds, hundreds of years. Not, <laughs> Thousands of years ago, bro. That is Christopher Columbus no, was Christopher coming to the mall. He's like, put like a casino, a casino there. right there. No, there was there wasn't that long, but but they they they've been trying to do something there, mm-hmm. and now okay. So that being said, I don't even know the name of the bar that is right there. There's a bar where they built those apartments, mm-hmm. right on the Cherry Street slash Martin Luther King Bridge. What is the name of that bridge at this point? Because I still call it the Mar- Martin Luther King slash Cherry Street Bridge. Yeah. I, it's both. both. Is it both? Yeah, it's both. Okay, all right, it's both. Both works. So right over that bridge, uh, more towards the east side of Toledo, they have those apartment buildings, mm-hmm. which look fantastic. I have not been inside of there. Uh Mind you, whoever is watching these videos, if I could take a tour of those apartments, I'd greatly appreciate that just to get a little bit more input. Uh, I'm going to have to figure out who actually is doing something Put that together. Bring them in. Yeah. No, absolutely. So if you're watching this, I'm going to get into those apartments. I'm going to call somebody. I'm going to make some moves. I'm going to get into those apartments and actually take a look at them because they look great, but I've never been inside. So I want to see them. Restaurant, though. uh, Restaurant slash bar was great. I loved it. Um... Now, as soon as that opened up, the very first topic of conversation is gentrifying the east side of Toledo. Mm. And I don't know what stance I take on that because I don't have enough information yet to take a stance on that. I like what is being done there. I like those apartments and I like the bar. I like the food. I like the drinks. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. The buildings that were there initially, uh, what was it? There was a car wash there, and there was a BP gas station that nobody used. So the gas station doesn't bother me at all. Um, the car wash does bother me because I love that fucking car wash. I need to figure out what happened to that car wash because that car wash was phenomenal. I have no problems with the car wash that was there. Mind you, they tore all that down. They built those apartment buildings. Great. And they built a bar right there for the people who are in those apartment buildings. Great. I feel like those are all pluses. I feel like those are all positive changes that we've made. And yet I hear the conversation that now we're being gentrified over there. I like what's being done. It's a positive thing. It's bringing more people over to that side. Yep. It's bringing positive things to that side. So what it maybe I'm missing where local people want to do more or I, I don't know what I'm missing. So if I if anybody if anybody is upset about what's going on with those things moving in, I'd love some more information on it because maybe I'm just not as informed. But I can tell you right now that I love the positivity that those things are bringing in. If there's negativity that I'm missing, please inform me because I feel like these are all good changes that are being made. And I hope that they continue, to yeah, be completely honest. Gentrification is such a difficult topic because that is. when you look at the positive, let's say in our instance, those apartment complexes and how that increases the property value of all the homes. And when you increase the property value, you increase the tax rate. When you increase the tax rate, you now have increased the monetary, uh, I guess, experience or monetary gain of the high school that is right there that is weight. 
And so, you know, you look at that and you're trying to weigh the pros and the cons of the people that are there that might be forced to move because maybe they can't pay their tax bill, but maybe there's some value there in them selling their property if they own or uh, maybe they rent. I don't I don't know. But gentrification is tough because it's it's a very much a two-sided coin. It is. And it all depends on what side of the coin that you're on. But I think that the one thing we all want is a more sustainable, more viable uh, e- economy throughout the entire city of Toledo. Mm-hmm. And that's both east and west of the river. Agreed. Agreed 110%. And like you said, it's going to be a hard conversation because some people are going to be on one side and some on the other but i feel like it's raising the value of what you would already own in those locations the problem is a lot of that is what do you own or do you rent or how broad is your knowledge base as investing into properties or your return on those properties or um, your assets versus anything else. You, you know what I mean? Like you have to have some kind of knowledge as to what is it doing overall for the neighborhood? Because first and foremost, uh, Toledo is a very community-driven city. So it's very important that we do something positive for our neighborhoods in order for the city to grow. Because once that negativity comes in, it kind of puts a dwindle on anything we're trying to bring up. It's going to bring it down instantly if it goes against the neighborhood. Once you have that established, is it bringing in a positive or a negative gain towards those cities? It's how is it affecting me directly? Do I live on the east side? Do I live on the north, south, uh, west, whatever side you live on? Is it impacting the economy to bring in more people or is it driving away people because whether you live over here and it's affecting this side we're a city altogether whether you like it or not so all the moves that we make affect everybody here and i, I and it may be a trickle down as to oh what's going on on the east side only affects the east side right but that trickles down as to what happens everywhere else or let's say like the bar i love the bar the apartments all that stuff is that bringing more people in and making a more positive experience for that whole side that's where it's going to get tricky and everybody's going to have a different point of view very interesting that toledo you know if you've been to chicago you know that chicago is one of the most segregated cities in america and that's just not a black and white segregation that is a cultural segregation based on black white Polish, Italian. I mean, there are neighborhoods, community, the Ukrainian village. Like, it is separate. Depending on where you go in Chicago, you are going to find a certain specific type of person. It's wild over I, there. I'm not, I'm not as informed as you are, obviously. Yeah, on, it, on, it's on that. my sister. I used, visited Chicago. Yeah, you visit Chicago. You go up the, uh, what, the Miracle Mile. You're on Michigan <laughs> Ave. You know, John Hancock building, the restaurants. Maybe go over. You the, visit the land, the landmarks. Yeah, I, I visited the planetarium, the museum, uh-huh. all their main staples there. Walk, um, walk to the United Center from yeah. downtown. It's like eleven miles. <laughs> I like, once walked it. My sister was like, "You did what?" I said, "What?" Yeah. I yeah. walked to the United Center. She's like, "You like you didn't get killed?" I'm like, uh, uh, "To tell you, yeah, I'm gonna take a shot at it." Yeah, but it is the most segregated city in America because it's very much separate based on where you're from, 
it, it's wild. It's I didn't wild. know this. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. there's new information. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I'm talking the Ukrainian village there. Like you'll see, you'll see vehicles that represent businesses that are in Russian, but painted in the Ukrainian colors. They'll have a yellow top and a blue bottom, and it'll be all in Russian because yeah. Ukraine wants part of the USSR. Mm-hmm. Long story short, whatever they separate, but that's how it is. And they they have butcher shops that are just like that. Like I was I was over there and I was looking around and I'm walking in and out of places, just stores, just window shopping and everything else because I wanted to know more. Like because that's yeah, I'm a very inquisitive person. I feel like Toledo has a little bit of that as well. I feel like you that people separate the river is the east side. You, know, you get definitely. downtown, right? Then you have where I live, and I'm a, I, like I always joke around like yeah. I, Ottawa Hills won't let me in. Like, oh, Sylvania won't let me in. Like, it's a joke to me. But in reality, you look at the taxes and you're like, okay, this is why Ottawa Hills has the number one public high school in Ohio. Because the taxes are outrageous to live in this weird, strange little cutout. paying for it. Yeah, they are absolutely paying for it. Then you look at Sylvania. You go south to Perrysburg, Perrysburg to Rossford. What does that mean to them? Perrysburg to Maumee. What does that mean to them? It's it, it's kind of interesting. It it gets crazy. That's nice. So okay, so you have a different perspective than what I have because I'm an outsider on the information. But I love that. I love that. So I I like seeing those different points of views. And here's you know the thing: we need little Havana. A little no. We do. We do. That picture right over there, we need a little Havana. We, we need we, a we I, I, I dreamed uh, about this. To build a a community mm-hmm. that is basically like that strip that you see. Mm-hmm. The buildings are all the different colors or whatever. Have its own little own little area that's maybe like three or four, five city blocks. The building structure, everything. Put a park in for the kids. So Boom. so that that's that's Little Havana, mm-hmm. what you're imagining being as a part of the city. Mm-hmm. Us being in 2020, I feel like Little Havana can mean a different. It it can be a different thing than what it what it is. Because Little Havana, when you say that to me, I imagine a bunch of older people playing dominoes <laughs> and enjoying their city. You know what I'm saying? Right, I'm, right, right, I'm imagining yeah. Little Havana. Yeah. But in terms of what you're stating, it's what they're doing with. Uh, the parks right by the bridge, uh, right by the docks. They're building that whole expansion into one big part, mm. um, promenade park, all yeah. that. They're building that into uh, more of um, something for everybody yes. to come down. And so what you're what you're stating for Little Havana that we need is the same thing that I imagine that the city is already doing for places like that. They're putting in place places where we can all go out and hang out and have fun. And I don't think you should have to be from a certain area or from a certain whatever to enjoy those kind of things. I think they're making something for everybody to come together there. And that's what a Little Havana is. Little Havana was built for people who came from Cuba that are like away from what they're used to to have something that they're used to. From Cuba, the the that country is very different than this country. This country is all work, solitary, do your work, and you can make it somewhere. You have opportunities. Cuba, everybody's equal. It's a communist country. Everybody's on low. But everybody comes together because of that, because everybody's literally on the exact same level. In a place where you still have opportunities to be... Um, 
to to exceed what you would get from a regular job. You can be your own boss. You can be your own owner. You can be whatever the f- you want to be here. But to bring together places like the parks, the things that we're building, gentrifying the east, whatever you want to call it, I feel like you still have those opportunities, but you still have locations where we can all come together and be on the same level. How how great was Promenade Park for how, this city? How I great mean, was we, it? Yeah. I mean, we talk about like concerts, people, activities, something to do. You have their concert series. It was all right there. You mm-hmm. get the overflow into the bar scene downtown. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it, you look at Promenade Park, some of the acts that they brought in. I didn't ever go. I saw photos. Mm-hmm. There was nothing there that I was going to go to. They bring Daddy Yankee. Maybe I'll show up. Outside Lati- of that. They had the Latino Youth Summits. Were, um, really? The Latino Latino Lights. Oh, when they did all that, uh, um, it's always been down at Promenade Park. It's always been down there. When they used to do the fireworks, it was all at Promenade Park. I, they're trying to expand upon that. And there really wasn't anything down there. But they're building more to try to make it something. I appreciate that. I really do appreciate that. There's um, right by... Uh, it's not Kosai anymore, right? It's a imagination, it's a imagination station, station yeah, son. My people. We, we, yeah, we went there for a work event. It was amazing. Um, but right behind there, there's that park right by the water, mm-hmm. and they have they have games set outside where I've taken my kids to play games just with just us, where it's super fun, and they're building upon that. I like that kind of stuff. Like to me, those are positive experiences. Whereas if you look at it from the outside, you can call it gentrifying. You can call it doing whatever you want tactically. To me, they're creating opportunities for me to go with my family and have fun. And I enjoy that. And I want more of that. Right. Like create, if you could create more opportunities for me to go down there, I'll spend my money. I have no problem spending my money if it's on a positive experience that brings something good to me and my family. And when I spend my money, that creates something good for the economy, for the city. So we are all winning when we do things like that, Mm -hmm. as long as it's a positive move. Once that negative connotation comes to it, you're gentrifying. You are forcing people to act a certain way then not as much stimulus comes out of it and that's where a problem is is so how well informed are you is it really gentrifying is it uh because change is inevitable everything changed everything evolves if it doesn't change if you're not growing you're dying very simply very simply put we're just like plants so 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 i i appreciate the growth and i hope it continues I love this city. I came here very depressed when I first moved here, and I thought that this city was. But when you came here, when you came here, there was nothing here. There was nothing. Here. There was nothing. Here. It was a different. It's city. the same thing as if you walked downtown Detroit back in two thousand. Like there was nothing there. There was nothing. So Agreed. as as the industry comes, as the employment opportunities come, the parks will come, the people will come. You know what I'm saying? Agreed. And, and you'll have all of that. So if you're, when I got here, I was negative about the city. The city tried to make changes. I felt positive about those changes, and I emphasize on those positives. 
there are other people who saw negative in the city. They see the positives that are attempting to take place, but they focus on the negatives. And so I feel like they are devaluing our city of what it is. Yeah, we're not the biggest or greatest city in the United States of America. But we are definitely community-driven, first of all. Mm-hmm. And second of all, we are trying to expand on what we have. But we can only do that with the support of the people. And I really, really, really push for the support of the people because I, 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 it, there's, there's opportunities in what we're doing here. And I don't think that people see that as much as they see that negativity in some of the things that we are doing. And I think that the way that you shift your view and position insight on what's going on can greatly affect it. So if your viewpoint is strictly negative, I'm sure you can point out a lot of negative things about here. It's it's you probably have a very happy life. <laughs> do what you do. Um, and if you focus on the positive, you can focus and say there's a million positive things going on. But if you at least try to take an equal standpoint and say, you know, this is messed up, but we're trying to fix it and we're trying to do better. What are you doing about it? Are you trying to make it better or are you trying to make it worse? I feel that we, sh- we all have our part to play to make everything better. Well, that's what you're doing right here, right? Yeah, that's the whole point I mean, of this. It's the whole point. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. that's the yeah, point yeah. of of your program is to yep. take a look at what the city has to offer and how you can maybe expose what it has to offer to people who might not know. Yeah. And it's based on your guests, it's based on your topics, it's based on everything you're doing, you know, contacting Poco Loco and be like, "Hey, can I nope. use this side room with the the state of Ohio in the background?" Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But little but without people like you that are willing to take a chance, willing to invest in something like this that we're doing right now, you don't have that. So you have to have people that have a positive mindset, yeah. that have a positive experience in the city, and they can do something positive for it. I think there's there's plenty of places here for that. The problem is shedding a lot of light on those places. That 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 that's the real problem that I have with everything right now is, um, I I'd like more light shed on that. There's a lot of positivity to go on mm-hmm. here, and you can. T- I mean, I can take pretty much anything in life and shed some negative or positive light on it. Choose choose a direction, choose a topic whatever you want it to be, and then say, speak negative or speak positive. And I guarantee I can do both. Like, it's what you choose to do that creates the outcome that you're looking for. And I choose to look for the positive in this city. And to me, honestly, it's very easy because I think I, I've been around a lot of other cities. I've been, I've traveled a lot. And when it all comes down to it, I've seen a lot of bad places. And I've seen a lot worse than what we have here. And not to say we're in the best position, but we're definitely not in the worst. But we Can hope. we improve it? Yes. And let's push for that improvement. I'm with you. Whatever you want to push to improve, I'm with you 100%. Let's, let's pursue that. Um, but at least be informed and push it in the right direction. Don't just say something's negative because of no reason, like you're just mad or upset or whatever. You want things to be a certain way. No. 
How does it overall affect our community? How does it overall affect everybody that's here? And what can you do to change it either way? And which way do you choose to affect it? Because you can choose to affect it in any way that you that you want to. And that can be good or bad. You know what I mean? It, it, it is whatever you choose for it to be. Oh, solid. I'm done. I'm done being solid. I, all right. So I have a couple questions. Yeah. Um, we, we veered. I, I don't want to say off topic. This is completely on topic of what I wanted. Uh, but I veered off topic of you. Well, um, who cares about me? I do. Um, oh, thanks. <laughs> the Mud Hens. Yes. You do commentary on the Mud Hens? Uh, yeah. I'm the in-game host there. In-game host. Mm-hmm. The Walleye. Uh, public address announcer. UT? Uh, public address announcer for football and men's and women's basketball. Michigan? Public address announcer for men's and women's basketball. Where can we um, watch you at if we wanted to watch a little bit more of you? Oh, shoot. Uh, if they were playing, so like, for instance, uh, what I do with the Detroit Lions is we host a a pregame show so the doors open at 10 o'clock and we have a live show that is there whole set is built uh in it and it airs in the stadium so we'll we'll go from 10 until right about kickoff 10 until noon because the the team wants to have their pregame warm-up stuff and uh, so we'll go 10 until noon there and then i'll jump in with a couple red zone highlights uh first and second quarter because their idea is how do we bring the at-home experience to the stadium and so I'll come back at halftime. We'll have halftime recap, stats, all that kind of stuff. Uh, for the Mud Hens, it's I'm running around all over the place. <laughs> I'm in section 104. Yeah. I'm in 119. I'm in the upper deck. I'm out here in the outfield. <laughs> here's a T-shirt. Here's a ball. <laughs> Stop crying. Move over there. Get out of the camera. Yeah. You know stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for Michigan, it's a public address, so it's you know courtside table. Same thing with like at, at UT. So you, you sit courtside in. You know, Valdi makes this basket. Foul is on Anthony. You know, so on and so forth. Yeah. Like the, the details of the game. Uh, walleye down on the ice. So it's uh, public address. Very much the same thing. Penalties on number 25, John Smith. Two minutes hooking, whatever the time of the penalty is. And, yeah, uh, that's how, it. How, how would people get a hold of you on social media? Uh, they can find me on Twitter. That's probably where I'm the most active okay. at, at uh, AC Bellino, B-E-L-L-I-N-O. That's where, you know, I do uh, all the, you know, what's on tap for the, the morning radio show. So I work in radio in the morning. So, you know, what are we going to be talking about? Once again, it's a it's a local program in a market like this, a mid-market, a minor league market. You're usually going to get a majority of national programming. So instead of hearing Anthony and Valdi, you'll hear... Colin Coward or Dan Patrick or Mike and Mike, gotcha. you know, there isn't a whole lot of people like me that work in markets like this. So it's been very unique and kind of a cool opportunity uh, to be able to do morning drive here in Toledo. And I would say that, you know, social media wise, Twitter is the best way, okay. um, you know, or on Facebook at Fox Sports 1230 because that's our that's our station. And I'm, I'm not on Facebook a whole lot. <laughs> it all it, it all comes together on yeah. instagram facebook twitter all those things um 
any normalcy expected as far as uh, sports go and anything coming back to a regular schedule, anything like that? Major League Baseball and the Players Association can't get their own heads out of their own asses. It's a huge, huge problem. They're missing a wonderful opportunity right now. The NBA thought that they had a plan. Some of the players are speaking out, led by Kyrie that's, Irving. It's like, hey, let, yeah. let's focus on some of the social issues and worry about basketball later. Whereas Austin Rivers is like, this is the perfect time to highlight what we're talking about. Yes. Um, I tend to agree with Austin Rivers because I want sports back. The NHL, mm-hmm. they've got phase two of their plan to come back. Uh, hopefully their playoffs end of the season. They have a really great idea with 24 teams to where the top four teams in each conference will play a round robin. And then five through 12 of the, the seeds, five through 12, will play a best of five series. And that'll figure out the seeding. They'll reseed them, and they'll have their Stanley Cup finals. Nice. I yeah, think it's yeah. a great idea. Football season, everything should be back to normal because I think that universities realize they can't survive without football. They can't. They, yeah. Football is the engine that drives the car that is college athletics. So if yeah. you don't have football, you don't have tennis. You, you don't, don't have, have golf. You don't have money. You don't have anything. You don't have funding. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Good yeah, luck. Yeah, yeah. And, that and if you're a big that school that has a great basketball program, then you're in okay shape. Mm-hmm. But. I think football will be back to somewhat normal. I think by then, too, the the COVID-19 situation, people will understand this is something we, we are not living with from here on out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, buckle your chin strap, take the necessary precautions. Love it. Wash your hands. Be sanitary. You know, mind your P's and Q's. Be as preventative as possible, but it's always a possibility regardless of it's how preventative you are. Like measles, chicken pox, anything else. You yeah. could get it. It could kill you. Here's here's the measures we're taking. Yeah. Um, we're going to be as safe as possible. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's always a possibility. And being upfront about it is is the most important part to me. And I think the, the one worrisome topic that no one's really talked about is the walleye season for 2020-2021. So this upcoming walleye season. Because the mud ends are gone. Because yeah. there's no Major League Baseball. The way that the minor leagues work is that the Major League Baseball clubs pay the salaries of the minor leagues and the teams for instance the toledo mudhens they are responsible for operating their own facility and their day-to-day operations but they're not on the hook for the payroll of the players the walleye for example unless a player is signed to detroit or grand rapids the toledo walleye organization is on the hook for their salary so if they say sure we can come back 50 percent capacity toledo with our corporate backing and our fan backing, we would be able to support that. But what about the teams in our league? And that's where okay. eyebrows could raise yeah. to be like, let's not just say, hey, take everything for granted. We'll be back in October. Let's approach this with the mindset that this might not be a possibility. If it does happen, great. If it doesn't happen, be prepared. It could be a problem. It could be a problem or it could be a very good thing. But with the situation the way it is right now, it's best to play safe. They're probably not coming back this season. Yeah, hens are done. Um, I think that for hockey and for fall sports uh, at the collegiate level, I think we're trending in the right direction. Good. Uh, which is a positive because, shit, I need those back. <laughs> get back to a normal get, schedule yeah, and everything. Get, get back to my nights and weekends yeah. gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, I appreciate you coming on here. Uh, I think we've had a great conversation on what's going on like literally right now. Um, uh, some very important topics that we touch. I'm sure people will disagree <laughs> and agree with us on certain points of that. And that's, that's all part of this. Um, 
I hope that the things that are trending right now and the direction that things are going continue. But I also hope that a little bit of our normalcy comes back as well. Um, and it's tough. I think everybody right now is going through a tough time dealing with a lot of different situations. And it's impacting us all individually. And it's in impacting us as a community. Uh, one of the main things that I want to touch on on here and one of the main points of this whole podcast is to at least bring some light onto what's going on and give us some different viewpoints on all those things um, where we may agree or disagree on certain points. Um, we're all going to have our different stance. I think ultimately what we all want is a better community for all of us. Um, how we get there, we have different viewpoints on. Uh, but I think that's our main drive and our main point here. Um, I appreciate you coming on here and having this conversation with me. It's not easy. Uh, I know there's a lot of people, like I said, who shed light one way or another. But regardless of, I think we're very entrenched in our viewpoints. And all we want is the better for our community overall. And a little bit of normalcy, I think we're all asking for. Um, so I, again, I appreciate everything. I appreciate you coming on here. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for having me. Um, thank you for being my friend. And I think at the end of the day, like, you know, be good people. Yeah. Raise good children. You know, that, it. that, that's, it's as simple as it can get. Cause at the end of the day, you're not going to be judged by your car, your boat, your house, none, none of that. Of that. It, it's your impact on other people that you'll be remembered by. So, you know, go out there and do something positive. Cheers to that, buddy. Sweep the floors. Sweep the floors. On that note, everybody have a good night. Again, we're all pushing the positive to move forward in the best way possible. And he <laughs> couldn't have said it any. You got to start at the base level and and have an appreciation for that base level um, that exceeds all expectations and build off of that. So with that being said, everybody have a good night. I appreciate everything. <laughs> Mud talks. Take it easy, guys.